This is Shane Gibson's podcast from ClosingBigger.net. Today, I want to focus on building a lean sales playbook for our organization or ourselves. So what is a sales playbook and what role does it play in our business, in our sales process, in our sales organization? In essence, a sales playbook is a SOP, a standard operating procedure for your sales organization for success. So it's a roadmap on how to effectively implement and execute the sales function in your organization. And there's multiple uses for it. So one of the first uses of a good sales playbook, and I'll define what it is and how to put one together in a moment, but the core purpose for it is when you start a new salesperson, for instance, on your team, it is a roadmap and a resource for them to understand how to ramp up effectively, how they're judged and measured, and how to execute the role effectively. So it really gives an overall look at how to do their job, how to communicate and connect with the right market, and even how to measure their success. So this is a really important tool as a sales professional. It's a both sales methodology and sales process document, as well as a performance management tool. So why would you want this in place as a sales leader? Well, obviously as a sales leader, what it does is it allows you to ramp your team up quickly. There's a good roadmap. It's also a tool for your sales managers as an ongoing coaching tool. So one of the ways that I use it with some of my key clients is that they're sales managers, too often as sales managers and sales leaders, we can become, for instance, these walking sales encyclopedias where our salespeople come to us and say, hey, how do I do this? Or I'm running into this challenge. Or we identify they're having a specific challenge with their sales process. And it's so easy to give them the answers or to do it for them or to train them to come to us when they come to a roadblock. So one of the things that I've been doing as of late with some of my key clients and their sales teams is when the sales team comes to them or they have a challenge, one of the first questions is, have you looked in the playbook? Or have, you know they're having a challenge with client discovery, moving that into a proper demo. Or maybe their demos aren't going well in the sales software, the equipment they're selling. So the question is, has you, have you reviewed the demo process in the playbook and done the self-assessment? Have you done the vendor tests that are listed in the playbook to make sure your product knowledge is up to spec? And one of the goals is to consistently refer back to this document so the sales team begins to see this as their guide or their tool to go to and self-assess and take some responsibility in essence and some ownership of their sales success overall. So for me as a sales professional and even as an independent, let's say, solopreneur, I've always seen having my own personal sales book or sales playbook as a critical tool. It's my business operation guide, or for sales professional, it's their sales operation guide. So one of the things I want to walk through here now is, you know, the components of a good sales playbook. If you're going to put one together for your team or for yourself as a sales professional, because it can really become part of your one-year plan or your strategic sales plan to grow your business over the next year, is what are the components that you want to have in a good sales playbook? So when I want to put together a sales playbook, the first thing that I look at is defining our target market and personas. Sounds pretty straightforward, but in too many, too many cases, I find that a lot of organizations don't drill down and define these target markets well enough and broadly enough. So one of the things you want to do is go both wide and deep when identifying your target markets in your sales playbook. So that's the first step. So what I mean by this is too often we don't use enough criteria. So we might use just company size or industry or region or past revenues that they generated for us. 
But what I really want to do is drill down further. I want to use five to seven key criteria to identify who those 20 percenters are that give me 80% of my business. Now, what's also most important, more important is the realization that in most cases, we don't have just one core target market, that our target market is actually made up of really five to seven micro niches. So ideally in your sales playbook, it should actually outline the core micro niches and what the 20 percenters are within those markets that produce 80% of the results. So if I was selling, for instance, a fleet for Ford Motor Company, uh, it wouldn't just be, for instance, you know, organizations with fleets of 20 or more vehicles that turn the vehicles over at least 30% of the time annually that are located in our geographic region. That's nice, but I might drill it down a bit further and I might break it segmented by industry, for instance. So it might be segmented by oil and gas, pulp and paper, plumbing, utilities, because within each of those demographics or vertical or micro niches, I should say, you're going to have very distinct differences on what makes a 20 percenter or an ideal client in that vertical, let's say in the plumbing business, than it would in the oil and gas industry, annual revenues, number of employees, use of the products, you name it. So in your playbook at the very beginning, it's important to really identify your core micro niches and what the ideal customer profile is within each of those niches. Then I will go further. Within your playbook, you also want to identify who the core buyer personas are within those companies. A decision maker with an oil and gas company is in a very different position who's making decisions about, let's say, automotive fleet than a decision maker in a plumbing organization. They've got totally different criteria for success and often different protocols in place from an industry perspective. So identifying who those personas are, where they're at, and what they're looking for as far as a supplier is really key. So that's your first step. And I think why this is so important from a sales professional perspective is I want my sales team to understand at a really forensic level who our ideal clients are because this is going to drive their whole sales process and their productivity. They might be really active and meeting their daily KPIs as far as sales calls and proposals and everything else, but if they don't understand who they should be talking to, and the core drivers and motivations of those buying personas, then the rest of it really uh, is not gonna work. So that's the first step, is spend some time identifying that in your playbook. The second piece of your sales playbook I would suggest to have, of course, is the key steps in your sales process that are aligned with your buyer process. So this is really key, is that what process does your buyer follow to procure goods and services typically? And how does our sales process facilitate our buyer moving through that process effectively? So what are the key steps in our sales process from prospecting to approach to needs assessment to demos to proposal development to negotiating the deal to getting buy-in from multiple stakeholders? Whatever that is, map out each step of your process. And we'll talk a little bit later about qualitative and quantitative aspects of a process. But ideally, it's not just here's our five steps, but at each step, what are the core indicators that this step has been done well, qualitatively? So that's the second thing, map out our steps. Third is list our core sales tech tools and where or from whom this person is gonna learn them. So within your organization, what are your core sales tech tools? So maybe, uh, you know, for instance, uh, you're a Salesforce house, you're using salesforce.com, but you're plugging a number of tools in it. Maybe you've got Outreach IO uh, plugged into uh, Salesforce. Uh, plus, uh, maybe you've got a, 
um, a business intelligence tool plugged into it as well, and an email tool. In addition to this, you've also got uh, another tool that, of course, call records, a tool like gong.io, which is going to analyze calls, record calls, take notes for you automatically. So you've got this sales stack of five or six core sales tools that your team uses to sell effectively, have them listed in your playbook, and really quantify how they're going to determine whether or not they're proficient in them. And ideally, there's a link, of course, to key resources and even maybe a test or a quiz around their competency and the use of them. But at the end of the day, they need to understand why these tools are important, where to get the training for these tools and how to use them effectively in their process. So this is a third piece that I want in my sales playbook. And from an onboarding process with my sales team, I want them to learn this tech stack possibly before they even learn the full sales methodology. I want them to learn this first. So this should be in our playbook. The fourth thing is a discovery cheat sheet on each vertical. And what I like to call a discovery cheat sheet is really a look at, let's say they've got four or five core vertical markets they're focused on. What are the top five to seven pains that this market typically has that our business uniquely solves or our products uniquely solves? And even drilling down to the level where what is the future state and quantifiable business result when we do business with them, when they choose to engage us and we provide them a solution, how do we make those core pains go away? So a discovery cheat sheet, why we have this in advance, is this drives the salesperson's conversations. If they have a good understanding of where the core challenges are in the industry they're selling into, they'll have conversations that unearth those challenges and they'll understand how their solution solves those pains or helps that market meet the goals. And so this is the next piece of our sales playbook is really a business acumen piece a cheat sheet for the core verticals they're moving into on how our solutions uniquely solve their problems. Then the fifth part of a lean sales playbook is a well-documented discovery and demo process. So any business has that conversation on the upfront where we assess client needs, but not just assess their needs, but help them uncover through conversations needs or challenges they may not even understand they have and really quantify how what their gaps are and how you're going to help them and so in order to do this effectively a great sales playbook is going to have a well-documented needs analysis process i know within my podcast i've got an episode called the art of asking questions which digs into this pod this concept in greater detail as far as strategy but at a high level your playbook needs to have a conversational selling roadmap within it what are the key questions i ask my clients how do I lead them and assess their core needs so that later I can, of course, present them a solution that matches those needs that either they share with me or that we've uncovered collectively in their business. Then the sixth thing I want in my playbook is our core templates for outreach and client nurturing. So within our playbook, whether that's links to it digitally so they understand where to find it within our CRM or actual templates within the playbook, giving them samples of what a great prospecting email looks, what a great text looks for outreach, what a series of follow-up cadences should look like, and why we're using a specific cadence strategy within the marketplace. Then the seventh part I want in my playbook is, of course, talking points on key objections and closes. So a close for me isn't a the big Hail Mary close at the end of a deal where we assess their needs and we pitch them. For me, it's always about a series of micro closes. So do I have the language within my playbook 
that teaches my team how to effectively book the next step, get the micro close or the small yeses that lead the prospect or potential client through the sales cycle. So it's really important that in many cases, just key talking points or how we say something specifically can affect whether the client moves forward. It's not just about asking for the business, it's how and when we do this. Also, key objections that come up are key. Now, for me, the best way to handle objection is to handle it in advance. So know what the core blocks or concerns are with a client typically that stops them from moving forward and understand how to deal with those in advance and discuss them so they never come up. So for this perspective, we need this in our playbook. We also, though, do need really key answers to traditional objections within our playbook as well. Then the eighth piece we want is ready-to-use stories and unique value proposition and talking points for key segments. So this piece is really important, and this is something that I learned the hard way in sales. I remember sitting down with a mid-sized tech company, actually talking to them about the work I did with Ford's business-to-business team and selling large accounts of fleets. And really quickly, I watched them kind of glaze over and shut down on me. And at the end of the presentation, I didn't quite pick up on where I lost them, but later on they went with another supplier, and one of the things they said to me was it became very evident to us that, you know, although you've got a great sales training system and process, that you're just used to dealing with bigger companies than us. We don't have the resources of the Fords of the world or the Cornings of the world, and we need someone who's used to dealing with companies our size. Now, the sad thing was I had a ton of great case studies of companies their size, but I used the wrong one. And so I think this is really key is if we look at the core niches that our people are selling into, do we have an archive or reserve or right in our playbook, really great use cases that they can refer to for the core target markets that they're selling into so that they're top of mind and they can pull them easily and use them um, as selling tools. Ninth, what we want in our playbook is some type of scorecard. So this is a way for us to go through and measure their effectiveness in each step in the process. Now, one of the things that I've seen with sales scorecards too often in, a, in any you know, system, whether it's in a playbook or not, is it tends to be one-dimensional. So most sales scorecards are you know, annual revenues, margin per deal, size of deal, number of calls, um, velocity of, of deal flow, new business, repeat business, all the quantitative things. And I think this is one of the challenges with sales leaders is many, and I, I wouldn't actually call them sales leaders, but sales, ma sales management who's aspiring to be leaders is they don't really have a qualitative aspect of their people development at this point. So what I mean by this is that they sit down at a dashboard and go, hey, you did 42 calls, you need to do 50. Hey, you know what? Your your average deal size is thirty thousand dollars. It should be fifty two. What are you going to do about that? So that's great. That's a quantitative aspect. So we're measuring where our numbers at. But this is really now trying to treat, in essence, the symptom versus treat the cause. And so the cause comes down to qualitative aspects. So does our scorecard have a qualitative way? to measure someone's effectiveness in each step in our sales process. So I go back to the concept of having a great discovery process. So, you know, the person will say to the person, how's it going? And they'll say, well, great, I, I asked them the 12 questions. 
that's in our discovery template and it didn't work out versus let's talk about how you ask, ask the questions and let's take a look at the notes you took and did you dig deeper and and let's listen to your call if we're using a call recorder like Gong or Fathom and see your tone of voice and if you've missed social cues that the prospect has been talking to you around. So from this perspective, I want to have a sales scorecard that's both quantitative and qualitative. So it's not just measuring the numbers, but the quality of activities that are going on. And then third thing is I actually want to introduce what I like to call some, some quantum aspects. These are multipliers within our scorecard. And the quantum aspects really come down, in my opinion, to leveraging technology plus the mindset of the sales professional involved. And then lastly is we want to have within our sales playbook so that the sales professional is very, very clear on expectation. We want to have our KPIs broken down from annual to monthly to weekly to daily disciplines. So what are their key performance indicators and their key activities that lead to the quantitative results we're looking for? Right. And so from this perspective, you know, breaking them down annually first from big picture to meet their target, but then monthly, weekly and daily disciplines were expected of them. And this, of course, takes some customization per salesperson per region, but you can often start off with a general template and then customize it as part of your coaching activity. So how I see an effective sales playbook use is also a coaching and ongoing development tool that you're constantly iterating on their key KPIs their scorecards, where they're measured. And actually, once they have the sales playbook, one of my suggestions is to work with your sales team members to begin to customize it for themselves. So this becomes their guide, their success path to getting to where they want to go. So there's a lot involved here. I know as an external consultant, you know, one of the ways I do this is, number one, we have a number of best practices and sales methodologies we can bring into an organization. But sometimes that's a mistake to just come in as an outside provider or as a sales leader and assume that there aren't great best practices already happening within the organization in pockets or within different teams. So one of the things I like to do is literally follow a sales team and top performers around for a while and see what they're doing to effectively move people from suspects to prospects to loyal customers and repeat business. And once we look at this, often we can identify with top performers key processes or steps they're following and quantify them, systemize them, and template them. And then at that point, you've identified you know, what's being done well, then look for the gaps and bring in third-party or best industry practices to round off your sales playbook. I think too often, we're looking outside of our organization for best practices, when actually our core performers, if we spend enough time listening and evaluating them, we can glean some great wisdom that's often industry or even regional specific. Uh, to help build your templates and processes. So I know this was a pretty analytical outlook on building a sales playbook, but I think it's a really important tool that we begin to develop. And I thought I just would give you an overview of some of the things that you can address or add to your process to really be, to build an effective sales playbook. So as a review, here's the 10 things you wanna build in your sales playbook. Number one, define your target markets and persona at personas at a forensic level, break it down to your micro niches. Number two, map the key steps in your sales process and ensure that it aligned with your buyer buyer's buying process as well. Third, list your core sales text tool, tools, where, you, where you're gonna get that training from or whom you're gonna get it from and set some goals around competencies so that we can truly measure if they're 
effective and understand these tools well. I've seen too many organizations where their sales team begins to fall flat or flounder and we're thinking it's sales process or methodology and they just don't know how to use the sales tech tools well. Fourth, have a discovery cheat sheet on each vertical to understand their core pains how we solve them, what products or solutions solve them, and what the future state of that business will be when we do so. So our team truly understands our solution and the impact it has and can communicate it well to each vertical. Five, have a well-documented discovery and qualification and demo process, including key steps and what questions to ask and what in what order. Six, Make sure you supply templates for outreach and client nurturing cadences. And so they understand both you know, what should be said, but also the order, the timing, and why it's there so that they can really begin to run these cadences. Most of us will be running these through our software, our CRM, our client engagement tools, but they still should understand the strategy and the languaging behind it. Seven, provide talking points on key objections and closes. Straightforward. They, we should be able to wake them up in the middle of the night and ask them quickly, hey, you know, I have this challenge with your business or this is why I'm not buying from you. And they should be able to answer quickly and effectively. In other words, these should be committed to memory, answers to key objections and understand all the small micro closes that eventually lead to the big deal. Number eight, ready to use stories that are relevant to each of the vertical markets. So stories and use cases that are relevant to each of the vertical markets you're selling to because buyers tend to relate to sellers who've done business and help people who are a lot like them. Number nine, have a 3Q sales scorecard built. And this means that it's quantitative, it measures the core numbers and act steps. Two, it's qualitative, it measures the quality of activity within those core steps. And third, it's quantum. It also encompasses things like mindset and the ability to leverage technology. And lastly, is number 10, is make sure your sales playbook has your KPIs, your key performance indicators, broken down from annual to monthly to weekly and even daily disciplines so that your sales team at any given moment, at any day, knows what's expected to them to drive the results they're going to get. This is Shane Gibson's podcast at ClosingBigger.net. If you're looking for, for more help, insights, or guidance around building a sales playbook for yourself or your team, you can always reach out to me at ClosingBigger.net or email me, Shane, at SalesAcademy.ca.